Welcome to Mummy and Diddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. Ahoy, Carol. Ahoy, ahoy. How do you do? Oh, just ducky. You know, that's one of my favorite. We should have like dad trivia corner on the show. I don't think anyone really wants it, but (laughs) that's... Ahoy hoy Never was the been original. the point of this podcast. I'm pretty sure this was all just a backdoor into dad-based trivia, such as that Ahoy Hoy was the original telephone greeting. It's what Alexander Graham Bell wanted. Yeah. But did, did not get. Yeah. Did you know what the first message sent by a telegraph was? What hath God wrought? Yes, indeed. You've known me too long not to know that piece <laughs> of trivia. <laughs> That is what it was, and uh, which just means what has God made, right? I it mean, sounds so like what hath God wrought? Like what? What like have we come to? Hands, yeah. They? <laughs> yeah, I guess it could have just been like, hmm, what? What's this thing? Oh, telegraph. What do you know? <laughs> Maybe we'll return to that sort of dialect and communication when we're deep, deeper deepest into this quarantine we oh that's great yeah, yeah, yeah i like that that we will we'll return to our own yeah yeah that's great yeah I'm, I'm here for it i'm ready i'm willing to relearn language strictly for the purpose of losing my mind and unraveling how are you doing josh i'm glad you asked i'm doing i saved it for the podcast <laughs> yeah it's been a quiet couple of weeks here <laughs> i've been pretty good as we discussed, I have the I have the working job, as our children call them, mm. that I would normally leave the house for that I am obviously working at home doing, fortunately working at home doing. You have the paid job. I have the paid yeah, that's it. That's my it's for their terminology, a working job. Mm. So it is easy I think that's like the part that's it's been nice to have that to focus on. It is also challenge there's all the challenges challenges of limited space and of things like not wanting to interrupt the flow of what you're doing to even sometimes intervene because it's also you've as you've pointed out it's not always helpful when they're when like right. the kids freak out or if i don't want to interrupt and distract them i sometimes just stay here when i might normally like stand up or move around or yeah. you know go take a Long call poop. elsewhere oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure yeah I often take calls on the toilet. Know this, colleagues. If you're not doing that in your quarantine, I mean, that's... You're too busy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're just wasting valuable time, really. Um, Yeah, I I don't envy you having the working job. I think sometimes it would be nice. And I do, like, miss working in in some ways. But it's just a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. You know, my job, my stay-at-home momming mm-hmm. is thoroughly exhausting and like very difficult sometimes, but it's also like I'm just playing with the kids. So, um play is exhausting. Yeah, and as far as like our schedule goes and what we were doing like a few weeks ago, it has changed. 
It's definitely changed. I've sort of like relaxed into the day and how it flows and how, like what the kids really need and what yeah. I need, which is really like two activities or ideas of stuff to do. And like, maybe we get to them, maybe we don't, but like just to have those things kind of like laid out, especially when it was raining. Today is the first truly like sunny, warm day in a while. Got out the water table and uh, kids were having a blast. And it's, I don't know, I just feel like energized. I feel like... It's hugely helpful. Yeah. Just, it feels like the world opens up a little bit yeah. to have the sun out. Yeah. But I have been, you know, I've been homeschooling the kids. And um, I actually recorded some of it if you want to just take a listen. Oh, yeah. I see. So you both would have lied to the point of denying Christ. Oh, you'd have saved your heads being chopped off by the Romans. That's true. But what would have happened afterwards? When? In the next life. The one that's waiting for us after we die. Where would you have gone? Oh. <gasps> Where, Nicholas? To the children's limbo. What is the children's limbo, Anne? One of the four hells. Which are? <gasps> me, 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 me. No, no, no. Let him answer. Which are? There's the hell where the damned go. Then there's purgatory. Yes. And the bosom of Abraham yes. where the just go and limbo where children go. At the centre of the earth. Where it's very, very hot. Yeah, so it's going well. They're really learning. Wow, theology, geology, mm -hmm. uh, geography. Yep. And of course, it was just Easter, so it all just was really fertile ground there. It flowed, really. Mm -hmm. Like Christ's from the tomb. <laughs> it, it has been really incredible to watch them grow. <laughs> well, that brings us to our movie today. Ah, uh, yes, 2001's Miramax Adventure. The Others. The Others, which was, uh, if, if The Sixth Sense uh, asked the question, will audiences handle one of the main characters being a ghost? This movie, The Others, answered by saying, oh, we'll make all the characters ghosts. Spoiler alert. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> you're not coming here for non-disclosure. That's right. It is weird, because what? When did Sixth Sense come out? 99. Wow. They really did. They they, yeah. they just leapt on that grenade, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> that box office grenade and said, we're going for it. Yeah. Man. It's, it's very well done. Very clever. It is. The twist still holds up. Yeah. That was a big thing coming into this was we both remember watching it um, in our youth. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess it was like high school um, and being very scared by it. And Would have been university for me. I do remember yeah. buying the DVD from a video rental house. Mm. I remember because the case was weird. That's yeah. how you knew, but buying it like one of the used copies. But I think I saw it in theaters because I remember being like convinced it was like one of the best and scariest movies I'd ever seen oh, in my yeah, entire was, life. It was terrifying. And it's a still a good movie, I think, but it is not that scary. It is, mm. I don't think... I wouldn't label this as even really a scary movie. It's yeah. more of just like a mystery, like suspense thing. But again, if there wasn't an old lady in a child's body under a veil, you'd be right. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. 
that puts fortunately it in, there was <laughs> yeah fortunately for us in this podcast there was I mean, it, it is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of tension. And yeah, it's, it's, it's very well done. And it, we chose it because it's all about a family that is seemingly stuck in their house, just like many of us are. And, you know, just the other day, I, I went for a walk in the fog and uh, I came across my ex-husband, yeah, <laughs> who said, uh, I was just talking to him. He just got him back from war and he just goes, sometimes I bleed. And I just kept talking, you know, because that's a normal thing that people say. Yeah, you roll right through it. When you first see your left for dead husband back from war in the fog while you're on your walk to town, your fruitless walk to town, the first thing you do is you glaze right over that and just offer him a warm bath. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we... Uh, my friends and I would just quote that all the time, just out of nowhere. Go, sometimes I bleed. It was amazing. There were a couple of these. What you all cannot experience was this awakening I had watching this film with Carol for the first time in our lives, um, which was realizing that when <laughs> she says, "Oh, Mister Tuttle, I'm at the end of my tether," which I believe is a bit of a What's the word when you mush two things together? She, yeah, she doesn't exactly say that. She says both of those things in the movie. Yeah. But, um, I am at the end of my tether. And of course says Mr. Tuttle. But I. Mr. Tuttle is the gardener. I always just, in my mind, you know what movie I thought that was from? Moulin Rouge? Mm, could not be further <laughs> <laughs> from my mind. It's just your favorite movie, so I just thought maybe that's where you thought it was from. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I thought it was from Hook. I was thinking of, is it Toodles? Oh, yeah. The guy who's lost his marbles. Yeah. No. No, no, no. Nope. It wasn't. It's from The Others. (laughs) The Harvey Weinstein and Tom Cruise produced. Yeah. Do we even go there right now? I mean, you went there. Um, here's something. So Nicole Kidman was 34 when this movie was made. Mm. She looks fantastic, obviously. She's just a... Wrapped in plastic. <laughs> Do you feel like she... I mean, how much plastic surgery has oh, Nicole Kidman yeah, had but over she's, the course of her life? She's doing okay with it, I think. Do you think her nose is always how her nose has looked? Because she has yeah. to me like a classic plastic surgery face. Okay, she may have... I don't know about that. I don't. She may have had it early on, but I think as time goes on, she's fifty three now. I think that her surgeon is doing a great job. Oh yeah, because yeah. she doesn't look crazy, and her face could absolutely look insane if she made the wrong, like really just one sidestep. It's true. Here's something about Nicole Kidman that you never think about, though. Her name's Nicole. <laughs> And her surname is Kidman. No, no. Her name is Nicole. That's true. You would never. You never think about that. Famous Nicoles. She doesn't. She doesn't crack the top five for some reason. (laughs) That's a great point. If you say Nicole Kidman, it's a package deal. You're talking about one of the best actresses of our time. Truly. She's fantastic. It's it is true. Yeah. Um, What was it? Uh, Top of the lake. 
Anyway, she's, and especially recently, I feel like she's made some really great choices. Oh, yeah. Ever since, there's a, but her is it a Noah Baumbach Nicole, movie that she was in? Just to remind you. Oh, yeah. She's Margaret the Wedding. Margaret the Wedding. That movie was fucking so good. fantastic. I Big think, Little Lies. She's great. Yeah. I feel like Margaret the Wedding was the thing that made me go, oh, like she's really amazing. Mm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like you're right about Top of the Like. Is it not? I'm going to... Just gonna check. Yep, top of the like. She's in it. Yeah, she's in season two, and she was so good. And it was weird because she was playing on that show. She was playing like an old, an older mom with gray hair, and then at the same time, she was on Big Little Lies, like the smoking hot, um, kind of milfy character. <laughs> yeah, but she is excellent, and her name's Nicole. You have no, you have no control over what your name is. That's true. We know, but and Nic- we know some excellent Nicoles, but it's you know it's we do. A, However, it is one step above an Amanda shrug name. Do you like to explain that for our listeners? A shrug name is a name that you want to call them all out by name. You have no control. I'm calling your mothers and fathers out. I'm not calling. That's true. Like, look, some names are chosen. I think in a very shrugging way because they're not old names where you're naming somebody after someone like Amanda's and Nicole's were not some like turn of the century name, right? They don't really mean anything. It's not like your Elizabethan, whatever great, great yeah, grandmother. Or they're something. like, they're m- modern, but, and like pervasive and not biblical. It's just sort of like a, I don't know. It sounds nice. Sounds fine. Other girls in the neighborhood are also named Nicole. Yeah. So that's Other what I mean. Other girls are named Nicole. <laughs> the girls in the outback. <laughs> you know. See many girls. Shutting it down. <laughs> yes. Yes. Please do. Will. Ah. Uh, shall we recap? Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. All right, so it just so happens that the best recap on the internet movie database is um, quite pithy. What? I just, is this the same person we read from last time or just people in Brazil have incredible taste? No, it's the same. It's Claudio. Claudio. But the first, but the one, that's not the best one. The first one... That's on the front page of this movie's website is, I think, the best, but I'm going to have you read the bad one anyway. Okay. Okay, So I'll read the one that I like. Um, A woman who lives in her darkened old family house with her two photosensitive children becomes convinced that the home is haunted. Kenneth Chisholm. It does sum it up very quickly, but accurately. And all the other ones were garbage. Um, but you can read the one that is the least garbage. Thank you. Thank Claudio. Thank Claudio Carvalho, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Wouldn't it be Carvalho? I don't know. I could ask a Brazilian. Ask him. Probably got his email. That's true. We'll check it out. Claudio, we're asking you for name pronunciation. Please shoot us an email. In 1945, in Jersey, Channel Islands, the widow Grace Stewart lives in a lonely old house with her daughter Anne and her son Nicholas. 
Grace lost her beloved husband Charles in the World War II, and their children are photosensitive, and Grace keeps the curtains and the doors closed to protect Anne and Nicholas against the sunlight. Grace raises her children with strict discipline and follows religious principles. Grace hires the strange housekeeper, Mrs. Bertha Mills, the mute maid, Lydia, and the gardener, Mr. Edmund Tuttle, that have asked for the job. Out of the blue, mysterious things happen in the mansion, and Anne claims that there is a boy named Victor that visits them. Grace unsuccessfully seeks out the intruders until the day she has a revelation about the house and its intruders. Pretty good. I think that's great. Yeah. Pretty tight, Claudio. Nice work. (laughs) You're either getting better or at the top of your game and about to decline. Who knows? Um, don't know when you wrote this. <laughs> uh, maybe we, I'm hoping we can kind of click through and see what other movies you've reviewed. You might really steer the, start steering the ship over here, <laughs> deciding what we're going to watch. Um, yeah, but I, but I think it hits on a lot of stuff and it doesn't give everything away. I mm-hmm. think that that is what you want. Um, I think it's essential to mention the housekeepers. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because they're great. I mean, they're great foils throughout the whole thing because you, and you know, full of like, they allow the lots, they allow for yeah. the twist. They are a twist in of in and of themselves, and mm-hmm. lots of menace there. Mm-hmm. There was just like a lot of relatable content here, like because the the mom Grace is always opening and closing the curtains because um, her kids can't just like see sunlight, um, and you'd never really get a sense of time. It's mm-hmm. very foggy out. Uh, during the day and then you don't really know when it's nighttime because they could just be in a darkened room and it's just funny because every morning I open the curtains in our house and I've just been thinking about it every time (laughs) Um, and the other part of it is the housekeepers you find out at the end they died during a outbreak of tuberculosis right and then the the family, like her husband, gone off to war, and unfortunately, she's she's a bad mom, and she I don't know what provoked her to kill the kids. And I think she just lost. She it. lost it. I I think that is sort of what's implied is is maybe once she, um, um yeah, the thing I took away was basically like the husband is assumed dead, mm-hmm. and I think she, yeah goes a little hysterical Mm. as women folk often do (laughs) and uh yeah i i get it no i'm just kidding (laughs) well because and they were also right they're in they're in uh the channel islands which were occupied by germans during world war ii Mm -hmm. and they you know they just like let people live in their stay in their homes but Mm -hmm. they i i think they were just kind of confined there and especially like if you're depressed and yeah. Freaking out in this gigantic old house. Yeah. You might just stay put and then that's going to turn you. And yeah. Then... You just might start thinking that there's ghosts in your house. Like when the other day I came into our living room and Boo was saying that his grandfather was there. He was like, grandfather, my grandfather was there. And he was saying grandfather, which he never says. It's a very specifically long word for... We- for a two-year-old well he he you know we call the grandparents papa granddad and grandpa anyway he was like my grandfather was here and i was like 
okay, cool, there's a ghost, like immediately. Yep. But it turns out our friend Tom had just dropped off some bulk uh, groceries. Yeah. Very kind of him. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Boo's just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand. It was really cute that he called him his grandfather, though. It is. We told him. Obviously, you're loving that. Yeah. But Any I thought... sign of affection from someone else's kid is always so sweet. If, like, they want you to be their grandfather, you're you're there for it. You want to be their, gran- their surrogate right. grandfather. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, you're just like noticing things you don't normally notice like you'd have more attention to your house like mm-hmm. it's crazy and uh we did actually have an intruder in our house well sort of oh yeah yeah let's we, talk about it yeah uh the other day i was just we had just all woken up like it was legit like seven thirty in the morning and I threw open the curtains as I do every morning. <laughs> threw like, up the sash. Like like Grace. And I see this guy uh, walk up our porch, run really, and steal Josh's skateboard. So I, I r- tried to run after him. Of course, it felt like a dream because I like, couldn't unlock the door fast enough. Um, and I was in like my bathrobe and slippers, so I couldn't really run after him even though i clearly wouldn't have caught him he was on a skateboard but he stole josh's skateboard and that in itself like, why does that matter for a 38 year old man you might be asking <laughs> but i'll tell you <laughs> oh well, yeah we go now especially more than ever it is very much a life raft because we almost every day we go on what we call scooter skateboard rides for obvious reasons with the children i will take them out while Carol's having some of her time. And so, so I can keep pace with them and it's a lot more fun also to do it. And so I would, you know, I'd ride a skateboard while they're on their little scooters and we go and hit this parking lot. That's usually pretty empty down the end of our street. So the idea of being tight on money and someone stealing what is a, you know, in the best of times, a hundred plus dollar item, um, if you want one that's that like is good and fits your body. So yeah, like it was, it was like a big, it felt like a big deal in the moment. Like I got in the car, first of all, he came up with gloves on that was like with um purple latex gloves on and just grabbed it and skated down the street on a rainy day. And so like, I even got in the car and chased after him. But like, again, by the time I got my shoes on and whatever, he was long gone. So um, yeah, it was a big adrenaline rush. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I was yelling after him like, dude, what are you doing why are you doing this it was amazing dude (laughs) what the fuck are you doing is really what she said yeah um so it does make you feel a little bit invaded you know you think twice about it the weird thing was it was leaned up on our porch between our radio flyer wagon and our folded up stroller and so like the thief certainly knew he was stealing from children which always bothers me you know and um, yeah, it does make me, it does make me a little bit more cautious about things going forward, especially if anything gets like too much worse from here on out. If people just kind of think that they have more of a right to steal, cause otherwise our, our neighborhood's very safe. Like we've never had more of like, than like a package stolen. It's really too bad. And like the kids are obviously like focusing in on it. I think that's the thing that has yeah. like really gotten gotten me about it. Yeah, it is not a big deal in the grand yeah, scheme of who things. Who cares? It's really fine. But. And like lesson to us, like don't leave those things on the porch. And uh, luckily, 
Josh's friends bought him a new skateboard like that day. It was really sweet. But like the fallout from it um, with the kids has been fascinating. Like anytime there's danger of any kind brought up, Boo starts talking about the man taking the skateboard. Yes. Yeah. It's clearly like a little source of anxiety. Yeah. And and we tried to play it cool. I felt even in, even in the moment, but yeah, it, it, it stuck with him. And one of the things that we, you know, because they asked why, like, why do people mm-hmm. steal, which is such a hard thing to articulate. One of the things that seemed to stick with Boo was describing, saying that sometimes people are jealous of things that they don't have. And so they take them rather than ask for them. Yeah. Right. And, um, and that idea of, of him being jealous really, really stuck with him mm-hmm. as like a one word thing. Um, well, they're just like parroting back what we told them in the moment. Yeah. And then it's really adorable. Cause we will be like, maybe he was frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, maybe he was frustrated because that's, that's what I that's what we told them. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. He but got... it's really been a kind of a great teaching moment. Yeah. I think also just to not freak out of that, even though I did, you know, essentially run out of the house and try to chase this person, you know, like ultimately our response was still like buttons come and buttons go, mm-hmm. as Pete the Cat once said. Right. Um <laughs> Yeah, that, that's been kind of interesting to contextualize in the confines of their known universe. Um, interesting. It's actually, there's something in this movie that I wanted to talk about. It kind of ties all into this, which is Grace's obsession with blaming people for things. Like, every at every point in the movie, she's looking for who's responsible for, like, leaving the door unlocked or you know, trying to get to the bottom of the sounds that she's hearing. It's always someone's fault. She says she doesn't blame her, ser- the past servants for leaving. She does, you know, like there's, she's always looking for that reason and always looking for somebody to lay the blame on. And it reminded me of um, a Brene Brown uh, talk, maybe part of her TED talk that my sister sent me. And I don't actually, I'm not that familiar with Brene Brown. I the only reason I actually know her name is because she was in that movie Wine Country, um, oh. where I didn't even know like that she was a real person, but the characters run into her at a wine tasting and she's they're obsessed with her. And, and then I found out that she is an author and a podcast host and, you know, talks a lot about like vulnerability and shame and blame. That's and, so funny. And I'll post the video. Um Possibly to our website that we're working on. Announcement. Yes, we're yeah. working on a website. Hopefully by the next episode, we'll have it all put together where you can find all of our episodes and all of the links that we talk about and yada yada. But um, yeah, it's a great like animated little short thing about blame about how, you know, just to kind of stop and think like if you are the type of person sometimes if not always, that's instead of like when something happens, instead of, you know, dealing with your emotions about it, you just find the person or thing to blame. And um, I would say that most often I'm not that way, but it's fascinating when you are, when you find yourself doing that. 
Yeah. Because it's just basically like displaced disappointment and emotions, really. For sure. Yeah. Because like, I mean, like we we're already saying with this skateboard situation, you mentioned it already. The simplest solution is put away your stuff. Like that is really the lesson is that it isn't. Right. How do I, you know, like, what can I do to stop this person from taking these other actions? It's like, what actions can I take Mm -hmm. to affect the change I want to see or avoid the consequences I don't want to see? Right. Instead of just like blaming yourself or like Mm -hmm. blaming that guy. Yeah. Just like trying to do preventative things. And then, yeah, like I could have easily just been like, Josh, why didn't you put your skateboard away? Right. You know, like yeah, in front yeah, yeah, of the yeah. kids. And then it would have been this like system of blame. And I didn't think that at the time. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Because our you... stroller and everything else mm-hmm. was out there. And we're just a little too trusting, I guess. But yes, in general, too, that whole situation, I the skateboard was a bummer. But it did. I was the same way. I was thinking like, oh, no, I don't want this is this to be how the world is right now. You know, it was more of a mm-hmm. broader picture of like, oh, this is happening. It's happening, you know? <laughs> right, which is which is purely like anxiety. Yes. And, and I think also has to do with our own, like anxiety in its truest form in that way that it's a, um, I think I've said this before on here, but as I think John Ronson once put it, that anxiety is a, is a disease of conscience, is that you mm. worry about kind of other people's reactions to the things that you do or don't do or how like kind of how these actions affect each other and how that has to do mm-hmm. it, you know, where it's not born out of like the tunnel vision of your own self-interest or anything else. It is about like the kind of interplay of action reaction, right? That mm-hmm. there is a, um, and lack of control. Yeah. And so something like a situation like this, if you look at it, like, Oh, we're, you know, if, if we are seen as the haves and not the have nots just by say virtue of trying our best to live our normal lives during this or being fortunate enough to mm-hmm. like continue to have some income during this time, if things get really bleak, we're also prone to like seeing pretty far down these r- types of rabbit holes, mm-hmm. you know, that like, I think we both went to that place of like, if this becomes like a lawless, you, yeah. you know, people start grabbing. We're like right now, the reality is so much the opposite. Like I hope everyone out there is seeing this in their own communities of just more, if anything, more hellos, more waves as people are walking in, in the street, more people trying to connect, more people trying to offer um, assistance and, you know, and that kind of thing. But it is a, yeah. it, was, it's been, it was like definitely, a, I guess also like when your world kind of, the boundaries of the world sort of close in with something like this. Those individual events also take on so much more. Oh yeah. It was a real hide your husband, hide your kids moment (sighs) for me because for every weird situation, whether it is like having something stolen or like people just like not moving out of the way to make that six feet of room, there are 10 other situations where, you know, a neighbor has come out of their house to talk and just chat for a second and check in on us and see how the kids are doing or like a neighbor of ours brought over brought bouquets of flowers to all of the neighbors uh before easter because she's a florist and she just like had overstock and well yeah. like a really nice note 
and her number and stuff, which like we would never have had before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like the weirdest, the weirdest part is like, oh yeah, they gave you an entry to actually just say hello, which who would have thought that that's what's happening. Yeah. There's here. just been so much kindness and that already feels like so long ago, by Doesn't the way. It? it really does. Time Especially because we've been... already taken that new skateboard out for a nice little test drive. This did make me kind of while we're talking about compartmentalizing about the whole thing of of locking all the doors in this house. First of all, I don't really understand what that was about in the context of the movie, other than just being another thing to kind of get your attention. I think it was so that the kids don't wander out of the rooms. Like the, you know, because they're so young. I mean, they definitely knew that they were photosensitive and couldn't, be in the light and mm-hmm. so i think they were on guard for that but i think it was more of just like you lock every door so there's no way that the kids can just like wander into a room mm-hmm. okay i i can yeah i can see that that it really was just like her attempt at yeah control at control and parenting mm-hmm. right of like the best thing for the safety of her kids was right to lock them in rooms it was interesting it did get me thinking about like advice that we'd gotten about sleep training kids early on i remember a sort of like a work friend who has old like slightly older kids saying that when they were there they moved their kid to like a big a big girl bed that they also put one of those like child proof doorknob things on the inside of the kid's door so that she couldn't get out of the room at night to go wander around the house or come to their room or whatever else, which to me seems so dangerous. And I remember at first being like, that's a great idea. But like the idea of doing that in practice, when really you're hoping that they like learn to use the bathroom in the middle of the night and don't have accidents. And obviously if there was like an emergency or something that they'd be able to open the door themselves is like pretty crucial. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like we it was right around when we converted Wu's bed into a little toddler bed that mm-hmm. or his crib into the toddler bed. That whole thing about like close your doors at night um, mm. thing went around about like smoke during a fire. That's right. Because there were what there was, it was like during a wildfire season, I think is what it was. There was yeah. this like viral video of firefighters showing what happens if you don't close your doors inside your house. Like what happens to fire? Well, what happens to the room if even just it gets filled with smoke? Like how much more damage you can have? And right. obviously people die too. But I don't know if it was about maybe, oh, you're saying just because it was during wildfires. Because the the video was made in Delaware because they all had like Delaware accents. And it was some Delaware like fire. Oh, weird. They, yeah, I just I, remember the thing that was getting shared in our like preschool circle anyway it was just fire safety in general and so i became very cognizant of that even though we do always really shut our doors but i remember before the kids were even like that old being like what's the problem just lock the door they just won't like totally yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it is weird like at that time it seemed and i mean obviously it is a thing people do it's also not illegal to do or anything like that there is just really the safety concern i did look up like what you should should do could do because we just let 
I mean, the kids can technically roam free, but like a thing that's recommended is basically like a doggy gate or as you might call like a, a Dutch door, right? Like where the, yeah. like a Mr. Ed door, the top opens and the bottom closes. Right. Um, but now we really want to encourage Wu to get up and go to the bathroom because he still pees the bed from time to time. So it's like kind of a moot point. Yeah. And so I do think there could be something that you could do in, in some houses, depending on the layout, which would be to basically like gate off the rest of the house mm-hmm. so that they're just they can basically just go to the bathroom and to their room. But man, it also just feels very difficult. I'm also like very. Wu is of the age now where he and size, I should say more so where he can open the locks on all the doors and knows how to and open terrifying. The doors. And it really does make me want to install higher locks yeah. on the doors that he can't open up to let himself out of the house. Cause I just feel like that to me is like, that does feel like, Oh, actual danger. Zone. Yeah. If it, if our, kids were flipped in birth order i would say absolutely but Wu is so thoughtful and um like rule obsessed that i just don't think he would ever ever do that you know Uh unless he had to get out of the house which is kind of good you know like i kind of want him to be able to get out of the house if he needs to that's true i don't even like thinking about it these are my these are my like crazy anxieties of like things happening to us and people check in on us which is nice but yeah so that actually brings up another thing that i wanted to talk about with this movie which is the dynamic between the younger and older siblings i thought it was very well done definitely she's very much she's really an angelica yeah but she yeah it's like think about this all the time with Wu and Wu is like would Wu be different as a second child like is is he who he is no matter what or does birth order truly affect you so much it's very hard to imagine Wu being any different than he is obviously yeah like I think that there's a lot of truth to birth order things um theories but sure um i don't think that they're absolute you know i find that like in my siblings there's three of us and i'm the youngest and i think that we do play into the rules very well you know yeah <laughs> or i don't know if you want to however way you want to look at it but i think that, that there's truth to it but um like <laughs> Wu was just such an older sibling, you know? He really has, like, the weight of the world on him. And Boo, as I've said many times, does not give a fuck about any rules or listening or... Because he just doesn't have to. Like, he doesn't... He didn't have to... He didn't have to forge the path, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, what's really interesting, uh, all those birth order things tend to have to do with, like, where you end up. Wu feels like he's been this way from birth. I that's what I mean. I think so too, but like would is having a younger sibling changing him and solidifying those things and if, you know, if we had had more kids, would that just continue to build and have those things play into, you know? Mhm. Yeah. So, it's but anyway, the the in the movie, I saw a lot 
of similarities with just having two kids and having the older one kind of be like in control and in, you know, kind of steering the ship and like the younger one. (laughs) A total beta. Yeah. I mean, I guess that goes against what I was just saying, but I think that Wu just has to kind of like reason out more because he's older and he just that's the way his mind works and that's the way she was too kind of just like getting to the bottom of things right yeah because even though like kind of the primary thing is that she's bossy um and defiant she is she is trying to figure it out like her obsession with with the ghosts in the house and everything else and questioning religion and everything else that she does is questioning and like the anger at like when things don't line up and right. when she's told, you know, when she is belittled in any way or not believed. Right. And it still does have to do with like her, I don't know, her own sort of world worldview that she's trying to iron out. That like, <laughs> And she's dead. And she's dead. But yeah, like trying to figure things out, but still doing it in this way that's like you're trying to still define your own boundaries and everything else. Luckily, we're not at the point where they our kids are antagonizing each other the way that these kids do and i'm not looking forward to that they they definitely fight they definitely you know fight over toys and who had whatever first and And they know how to push each other's buttons yeah and the thing now has just been like screaming uh very shrilly right into someone's face and making another one cry and they just can't understand that like when they do it that hurts their ears too it's really been the challenge yeah. of this quarantine. <laughs> it's been like, you uh, know, yeah. I know he screamed in your face. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's it's really wild because they will just, co- one will cover their own ears, the other one will scream. Mm-hmm. And then whatever, 20 minutes later, they reverse order and act like yeah. they've been wounded because they have, but it is just, yeah, the, the lack of connecting, connecting those dots is crazy. We're like, it, this will be an interesting age to see through. Obviously we're like, they're smart enough to be more like vindictive, I guess, in, yeah. in some of that approach where like, um, I feel like I even remember that being a kid of just like, where all of a sudden you're sm- you're smart like you start to really put those things together in this way that is like yeah you can you know how to cut mm-hmm. basically yeah i'm not looking forward to that it's all challenging in different ways um it's definitely been a journey this past month we're at day 31 by our count lots of people have different counts going for this quarantine that's right day 1 of quarantine <laughs> So day 31, and I imagine that it'll go on for at least another month. That's kind of like what I'm thinking, like preparing myself for. I don't think it does any good to look much further beyond that. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm not doing that. Um, But there have been some real like interesting moments. And one of them happened last night. We had put the kids to bed and... Like an hour later, we heard Wu calling out. So I went in and it was, it's at that point where your child is just sort of like talking to buy time. They're not really making too much sense. Mm-hmm. And um, Wu was <laughs> asking, 
Well, he didn't ask. He, he's usually asking to have some water, but we can't give him water before bed because um, he will wet the bed. So um, it's kind of like a whole thing after dinner, not giving him water. And he's a very thirsty kid. Thirsty um, boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he just is like, after rambling for a long time about something else, he's like, Mom, you have to let people do what they want to do. <laughs> And then I find out he's talking about the water. And so I was just like, do you think that I enjoy coming in here in the middle of the night and changing your sheets and getting you into new pajamas? You know, when I'm asleep, I'm sure you don't enjoy that either. Like it was just such real talk. Yeah. Like it was like, okay. It was like, if you're going to, if you're going to be like, you have to let people do what they want to do. Like I'm going to tell you, I can't. That's right. And I was like, my job is to keep you safe and clean. And I got to do what I got to do, you know? And then he starts talking about other nonsensical things. Um, But I feel like there's like this deeper level of like knowing each other that's happening now. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is for sure the longest I've ever had to take care of them. um, Apart from when, before they were like four months old, before they started in daycare. So it's been very interesting and it's very weird how time is going. Cause I almost, I keep thinking like they should be bigger. They should be growing. And it's like, no, you just haven't the, like the cumulative time would have been stretched out right. so much that it's like, no, it's just been a month. It's only been a month. Yeah. And it, it, it feels like one long day and also many months it feels very strange there's just a real um yeah there's just been a lot of roller coasters in this quarantine i'm beginning to feel totally cut off from the world this fog doesn't exactly help it's never lasted this long before oh that's true ma'am oh that's true ma'am oh mr tuttle I'm getting to the end of my tether. <laughs> I think, uh, anything else we want to say about this movie? No, I mean, there's certainly abandonment issues here. Uh, there's a line where the kids say, are you going to leave us too? And it's really sad, but it, it all falls in line with what we're talking about. Some of this, I don't know, the stickiness of their brains. Um, yeah, I'm sure everybody with kids who's listening to this is dealing with questions and maybe some anxieties that kind of come up at weird times where you're like oh is that what you're thinking about you know they were playing in the water table today and Wu kept making tweak from octonauts uh sneeze and she had a cold and kept sneezing and peso had to take care of her and you know it was the whole thing a whole thing being acted out and it's like just they're just processing so much yeah and we do we because our kids are so young we call this a cold that's going around. You know, I haven't named it for whatever reason, but it does feel like, I mean, obviously there'd have to be some like retrofitting there when one of them inevitably just gets a regular old cold explaining that it's not the same thing or whatever, but you start to just see that the thoughts around it and the language around it really just permeate their everyday lives. Yeah. And they don't really get death yet. Certainly not Boo, but Wu, who's four, he talks about it and he talks about keeling. Yeah, that's right. Um, as far as like superheroes and 
you know, good guy, bad guy stuff, but uh, he doesn't really get it. And he's not been too concerned about it. Like I keep waiting for a deeper dive, but I know a lot of other kids are at his age are already kind of, you know, asking more questions about that, but so far not so much. Like he gets it when he sees a crushed bee right, or something that it's dead. But I don't think he'd understand so much more than that. I mean, do do any of us, really? That's right. And especially when ghosts can still live in houses. <laughs> such as this one. Such a fine house. Some of the happiest years of my life. <laughs> oh, I guess we got to rate this movie. Wow, it's that time again. I know. I'm hoping we can do uh, another movie sooner. Because it just felt... It this... felt like a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, think... time is weird, though, right now. Yeah, you said it. Maybe you guys are like, damn, another episode already? Shit. We also have to cut it short because it's nap time is over. Nap time ending. So, yeah. Do you want to rate the movie? I do want to rate the movie. Okay. How many marionettes oh. <laughs> out of 10 do you give this movie? I don't know. Six. Oh, wow. You just were like... I was. I th- I just had such a. I, I just remember it as being so, excellent. Yeah. And I think you're right that it is still a very good movie. I just found myself, kind of w- with a little bored. Yeah, with more moments of like, what the hell's going on, rather than feeling like, whoa, cool world right. building, or like, oh, I didn't catch that. I think it would be cooler. If on repeat viewings, there were a few more like Easter eggs for you to uncover of mm. the connections between. Right. I feel that. Rather, uh, a lot more red herrings, like the pills and stuff like that. Like, yeah. You know, there's just. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's just best viewed the first time, but maybe it's been 20 years and maybe we've come a long way. Absolutely. And I think it doesn't discount the experience you had. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it really was at the time very scary and very suspenseful but when you go into it knowing and then yeah there's like nothing deeper there then yeah and i had i had forgotten the i had forgotten the twist i mean i knew what it was that like they're dead but i didn't realize i forgot about the seance part of it that is really cool and like the whole thing like she was she possessed the girl possessed her uh all that stuff is like there are some really good moments right in there um that are revealed but like i couldn't believe it just was that one scene at the end and in my memory it was like more of a thing exactly yeah yeah but the coolest reveal of that seance scene was caitlin stark (gasps) caitlin stark cat cat caitlin our girl. Cat, whatever. Uh, Lady Stark of Lady Stark. She looks so crazy younger. Yeah. Like she looks like a totally different person. It was like that weird moment of like you're trying to place a face for a second. You're like, I know you so well, but what are you from? I had that weird moment for like 10 seconds of just like, oh, yeah. And then uh, how about you? How many marionettes? go with seven just because it's like still really solid sure. and i think if you were watching it for the first time i think you would be like huh yeah and i like to don't drag it out the movie's not too long it's under two hours yeah um and the kids well mm-hmm. let's get to the kids 
Sure. I, I will add, I would probably cut out the entire husband part of it. Sometimes I bleed. That's all he is to me. Mm-hmm. That's all he all ever he will should be. be. He's been in so much stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. All right. So for these kiddos, how many... I'm going to say how, yeah, how many first communion veils handmade by mommy would you uh, give this? Out of? Five. Would you give these children? I would give, I would give both of them four and a half veils. (sighs) Nearly perfect children. The boy's so creepy. He looks like an old man. He's super. He looks like an old painting. Yeah, yeah. An old painting. Um, he And then the girl is so good. She's just, a, she's like just conniving enough and like. Yeah, she seems borderline evil. Yeah. And then you're like, what is happening? Who was good? Who was bad? She was great. She's like, it was, you know, as we've said many times on this, there's sometimes they don't make the kids act at all. And she was acting. Yeah. Very well. We hope. <laughs> How about you? How many veils out of five? Uh, less. I, I would give them. I get well. Right. I even. I, this is my own doing. They were. They were good. His little worried face. His little concerned furrowing of his little <laughs> Prince Charles brow. My favorite beer, Prince Charles brow. Uh, <laughs> would be. Yeah. Sure. I'll. I'll ride with you on four. I said four and a half. Oh, then four for me. Okay. (laughs) Controversial. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Um, There really isn't a where are they now because neither child really acted after this at all. I was trying to get to the bottom of, okay, I'm probably going to mispronounce her name so badly, but Anne's real name is Alakina Mann. I'm so sorry if that's like terrible. Um, She's definitely listening to this. When you search her name, a very strange Instagram comes up that is like medical, visual, and sexual healing through art. Like it's so, so strange. It's mummy and daddy's totally awesome. Where are they now? That seems where are they now worthy. But I don't think it's her because then I found her Twitter, which is like Alley Man with a lot of N's. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay, weird coincidence. That there's another Alakina man out there who's doing psychosexual healing work. Yeah. And the art is very strange and very intense. And there was like some that she's been in a couple shows um, like female erotica stuff. Anyway, I was like, that would be so cool if that were her. And she's like really doing her own thing. But no. No. That's fine. Yeah, they were both in like maybe one other thing. Yeah, they ever, were both right? in one. Well, she was in Girl with the Pearl Earring. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then nothing. Neither was Victor. I remember looking at Victor's IMDb too. He's also in nothing else. I mean, he's in the movie for half a second. But it, I wouldn't have been surprised. I don't if, think I even saw him. Um, it's. I mean, I do think he was literally in nothing else. Wow. Uh, there you go. I'm looking forward to some good where are they nows because um, I really like that part of this show, but this is not one of them. Yeah. Hey, look, if you want to recommend a movie to us based solely on the where are they now facts of the kid, 
we would love that. Yeah, I mean, don't be a creep. Just get in touch. Why don't you email us at mummyxdeddy at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeddy. Instagram, mummyxdeddypod. As always, you can leave us a voicemail at 818-839-1991. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, You should also tell a friend. Honestly, that's the best thing you can do. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg, new mommy. Maggie Spalding is a lovingly handmade veil. That's enough questions. Eat your food. You'll never go to war. We'll never go anywhere. Oh, you're not missing out on anything. You're much better off at home with your mummy and your daddy who love you very, very much.